Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us. Our uh, Lord Jesus did wonderful things coming as a missionary to earth to rescue us. And uh, thank you, Luke and worship team, for those, that set of hallelujahs and remembering our purpose to go, to serve, to love others, to give our life away. <clears throat> our scripture today is in 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. We're starting in verse 8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Please stop there with me. We would love to have a, uh, the ability to look down the future, wouldn't we? Like just maybe, maybe three months ahead or six months ahead or even years ahead. I know many of you are facing decisions right now where you'd love to know what things are going to be like six months from now. You'd love to know what would be happening even a few weeks from now. But we are called to live by faith. Uh, one of the questions we have with the world, the way it's going, is uh, will evil come upon us? Will persecution come upon us as Christians? We are... Uh, it's rather remarkable, I guess, in the United States of America that for most of our lives, we haven't faced persecution. We haven't faced suffering. We haven't gone through uh, things like our brothers and sisters around the world have. And uh, we could call ourselves blessed because of that. But we're no different from anybody else around the world. There's nothing stopping persecution from coming. There's nothing, nothing stopping evil from attacking us. Uh, God himself suffered persecution and suffering at the hands of people in this world, so why wouldn't we? So the, the question that this text raises before us today is how do we respond when evil comes? How do we respond when suffering comes? Will we respond as Christians? Will we respond rightly? Or will we respond in some other way? So this text that is before us, it actually goes through chapter 4, verse 19. We won't go through all of that today. But we're going to ask the question, how do we respond when evil comes our way? How do we live when suffering for righteousness' sake is part of our life? It starts, uh, the Apostle Peter starts by reminding us who we are as a church I hope that you never feel alone as a Christian. That is not the design of God's church. Jesus never intended you to be isolated and alone in your faith. 
He intended you to be a part of a family of faith, a body of Christ. He intended you to be a part of a people of God. And if you haven't been a part of the people of God, uh, I'd ask you to change that. These, this fir these first uh, virtues in verse 8, the first five, really they're all talking about how, how do we respond to evil? Well, we support one another. We take care of each other. This, uh, this, this, this unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, humble mind, they're all speaking of pretty much the same thing. Are you together with your brother and sister? Are you caring for them? Are you meeting their needs? Are you compassionate towards them? Do you have a heart for your brothers and sisters? Or have you forgotten about their troubles and only focused on your own? Peter says in the midst of trial and tribulation, and he's writing to a group of people that are being persecuted, he's saying, draw together. Support one another. Take care of one another. Be there in time of need. Think about how you can serve. Like, we have been brought into the family of faith. We've been made people of God. Now, you can't pick your brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> but we can choose to serve our brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, we're called to do that, to live boldly and strongly for one another. If evil comes upon Jesus' church, do not be alone. Pick up the phone and say, hey, how you doing? Hey, are you doing all right? You need some food? You need some help? You need some help with the kids? You need some help with your elderly mother? What do you need help with? We're the body of Christ. If evil comes our way, if persecution comes because we're following Jesus Christ, this is the church. These are your brothers and sisters. Live for one another. Bless one another in their time of need. So the first thing, persecution comes, support one another. Then in verse 9, uh, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. Uh, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you are called, so that you may obtain a, obtain a blessing. Now verse 9 is really a, a commentary an explanation of, of verses 10 through 12, which come from Psalm 34. Let me read that again. Verse 10. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, uh, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So there's three exhortations in verses 10 and 11. Let, us, let, it, let him keep his tongue from evil or her tongue from evil. Let him turn away from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. When evil comes our way, sometimes we would like to respond with evil. When people gossip about us, when they lie about us, when they deceive us, when they cheat us, when they do all kinds of bad things against us, especially verbally when they slander us or they write things, when they libel us, we would think uh, it would be appropriate to do the same thing. No. We never go that route as Christians. We never go that way. The exhortation in verse 10 is, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. We never live that way. Not only do we not uh, act in evil ways with our tongue, we don't act in evil ways with our actions. Verse 11, let him turn away from evil and do good. As Christians, we are, you know, do-gooders. <laughs> We're always supposed to be doing good. We live a righteous life. We choose to live a holy life. We always choose the good even when we're being ruined by others. 
maybe right now some of you, your businesses are being attacked by people or maybe your marriage is being attacked. Maybe, unfortunately, maybe some of your kids are being, you know, bullied at school or whatever. And our, our, our heart is, man, you mess with my kid, or you mess with my stuff, I'm going to get you. But that is not the Christian way. That is not the way of the cross. That is not the way of Jesus Christ. We always respond to hatred with love. We respond to evil with good. This is the way of Jesus always. Now, I know it's a hard thing. It's a, it's a supernatural act. It's a countercultural act. It's a way of living that isn't normal or natural in the world. But we're not normal or natural anymore. We've been born again. We have the Spirit of God within us that gives us power to live differently. <clears throat> we don't go that direction. We, we, don't, we don't curse people with our, with our tongue. We don't, we don't respond with our actions, with our body, uh, doing evil, and we seek peace. Now, maybe right now you're being attacked, and, and you wish the people attacking you or the people putting you down, maybe it's a family member. Man, you just want peace, but they're coming at you aggressively. They're coming at you to mess with you and hurt you. The exhortation, verse 11 says, seek peace. It's up to us to pursue it. Regardless, we can't control people. We can't control their actions. We can't control governments. We can't control magistrates. We can't control leaders in, in our community. They're going to do what they can do, but we can control our actions. We are free to follow Jesus Christ always. And hence, uh, uh, Peter's uh, word in, in verse 9. Brothers and sisters, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, you know, gossip or slander or whatever. But on the contrary, bless so we, uh, in responding to evil, in responding to persecution, first thing, we support one another. The second thing we do is bless. Bless with our mouth, bless with our life, bless, bless with our prayers. You know, uh, to bless someone means you speak well of them. So right now, uh, maybe you go to your workplace and so-and-so, a, a, a fellow employees, man, just talking smack about you. They're just putting you down. You run them through the mud. When you have the opportunity to talk about them, Bless, speak good of them in Jesus' name. Bring out the best in them, lift them up. You know what that does in a small town? <laughs> you know, if, if people know that you're a gossiper, people know that you run people through the mud, people know that you wreck people with your words, you're going to be the last person they come to, the last person they trust. But if you get a reputation of loving people with your words, even if they hurt you, if you get a, re a reputation of taking care of people with your words, they're going to be the ones that come to you because you're trustworthy, you're reliable, and that way you can share the gospel. You can help them through the trials and tribulations. You see how that, that, that works? Um, in verse 12, For the eyes of the Lord are, are on the righteous. You know, God is watching to take care of your needs. The ears are open, this, this anthropomorphism, this, this idea of human characteristics with God. God is hearing your prayers as you live righteously, as you live holy lives. But the face of the Lord, the intensity of the Lord, the glare of the Lord is against those who do evil. Christians never do evil because God will be against you. Now God comes not as, as the world does, He comes in discipline. He comes in judgment with a goal to reform to bring you back, but you do not want to be facing God's discipline. So we as Christians, we are always pursuing righteousness and holiness because we know we live in the presence of a great God who sees all things and can do all things. 
Our God is not a small God. Our God is not a weak God. He's not an impotent, uh, a God that can't do anything. He's, he's all-powerful. And we live in His presence. And so we always choose to bless. What could happen in our community if the, the Christian churches just blessed and blessed Prayed for people, loved people, served people, gave, gave themselves away. Notice what Jesus did, our example, our pattern, the one we follow in his steps, chapter 2, verse 23. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judge, judges justly. And, and if you kept going to verse 24, he himself bore our sins in the body and the tree, and just that beautiful lifestyle of giving himself away. If we give ourselves away for the benefit of others, all the community will be blessed. All the community will be helped. We're not here for ourselves. We're here as a people passing through. We're a people in exile waiting to go home to our promised land. And while we're here, we live in the name of Jesus Christ to bless and serve and give our lives away to the benefit of others. Uh, Jesus talked about this in, in many ways. If you look over in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, and it summarizes a whole section. Jesus' words say, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. We take that literally. We take those words literally. When our enemies Man, crush us publicly, or they lie about us, or, or they, you know, they steal from us. We pray for them. We ask God's blessing upon them. May your blessing come upon that family, Lord. May your blessing come upon that co-worker who's tried to ruin my life. This is the way of the cross. This is the way of God. This is the way of Jesus Christ to live distinctly and differently from the world. Because you mess with the world, they're going to get vengeance. You mess, I mean, you start looking at all the movies on Netflix and all the movies, man, how many of those movies, the genres of those movies, they're about vengeance or getting even? That's the way of the world. It's not the way of people of Jesus Christ. Okay? So when, when trouble comes upon us, when people attack us, when evil comes, we respond with blessing. Okay, and let God take it from there. Let God show himself strong. So back in, uh, well, uh, and let me give you just a great example uh, of somebody who did that other than Jesus. <laughs> uh, chapter 7 of Acts. Chapter 7 of Acts, verse uh, 60. Chapter uh, of Acts, verse, verse 60. If I can make my fingers work here. You remember Stephen? He was a deacon. He was a preacher of righteousness. And uh, because he preached the truth, because he lived a righteous life, a holy life, he was murdered. But while he was being murdered, uh, verse 60, and falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. While he said this, he fell asleep. Wow, as they're throwing rocks to cause his blood to flow, he's saying, forgive them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. He got it. He lived a righteous, giving himself away life. And that's what we're called to as well. And it's beautiful when the church lives as it's supposed to live. So chapter 3 of Peter again. Chapter 3. Let's go down to verse 13. Chapter 3, verse 13 of 1 Peter. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. 
Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good than it should be uh, by, to be doing God's will than for doing evil. And pause there once again. So we talked about when evil comes, when persecution comes, uh, take care of one another, stick together, and, and bless. Okay? And, but, but in verse 13, the question was asked, now, if, if you're doing righteous, if you're doing good things, are you normally going to be persecuted? And the rhetorical answer that, to the rhetorical question is no. Probably not. Like governments exist to, to call out evil, right? If, you're, if you've got a manager that you're working for and you're doing a good job, they're probably not going to mess with you. If you've got an employer that's, you know, you're doing a good job for you, they're probably not going to mess with you. No, normally, most of the time. But for righteousness sake, because Christians live righteous lives, sometimes you are hated, Okay? People, uh, when you come into a, a workplace, you come into a school, and they see you living righteously and holy lives, some people hate you for it. It's just, it's just the way it is. Like, the, you shine the light in the dark, and the cockroaches scatter. Okay? They've been used to living an unholy, ungodly life, but if you stand up for the truth, you stand up for righteousness, oh boy, here we go. Attack, slander, hatred. Okay? But we, wherever we go, school, marriage, family, uh, we're called to live righteous and holy lives. Okay, so he says, verse 14, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Brothers and sisters, when persecution comes, when evil comes, remember, you will be blessed. Okay, as, as, a, as a person of Jesus Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you've got to remember, you will be blessed. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes when you're going through it, you don't, you don't think it's going to happen. And sometimes when you're going through it, you're like, you lose hope that it's going to happen. But you've got to remember that you will be blessed. Now look back up at verse 9. Uh, Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. Now, we're, we're not a works righteousness. We don't believe in works righteousness. We don't believe we, we earn things from God, like especially salvation. That's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. But the way that the Old Testament is set up in the, in the way that in, in these verses here, uh, we, we, we live with the idea that in this life, we follow Christ, we obey Christ, we live righteous life, we'll be blessed. In the sense that God will hear our prayers, answer our prayers, God will meet our needs. Maybe some of the more spiritual, psychological things are, are part of that. Okay? What we're not saying is that if you live a righteous life, God owes you a Corvette. That, that's, not, that's not what it's saying. It's saying if you live a righteous and holy life, God sees and He's going to take care of you and your needs. Okay? He sees, and even though you go through trial and tribulation, He's going to take care of you. He's going to be there for you. Now, in this life, blessing upon those who walk with Jesus Christ, but also in the next life. Now, we, we can't lose sight of this. In the midst of trial, in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of people lying about you, government's coming for your stuff. Okay? You've got to remember. You've got to remember that ultimately, you will be blessed. You're safe and secure. Even in this book, if you look at uh, chapter 1, verse 3. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, He has called us to be born again to a living hope. We have this living hope. We don't have a false hope. We don't have a weak hope. We don't have a dead hope. We have a living hope because Jesus was raised from the dead. He's alive, and so we know that we will be alive one day in Him. To an inheritance, verse 4, that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you by God's power be guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Right now you're being guarded. You're being protected by the almighty power of God. He's got you in His hand. He's holding you. You're safe within His hands. He's got the whole world in His hand, but He especially got you in His hands. You are His. You belong to Him. And He's promised you an inheritance that no one can steal, no one can take away, that's unfading, that's beautiful, that's, that's waiting for you. Okay? you got to remember you're blessed in that sense. And you're blessed in this life by God, you'll be blessed in the next life. You've got a great future ahead. Don't lose sight of that. In the midst of people doing evil against you, in the midst of persecution, maybe you're falling apart. Like, what do we do without our job? What do we do without our, 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 our bank account? What do we do without, you know, if, if we don't have a good reputation in the community? Ah, step back and say, the Lord says I'm blessed. <laughs> the Lord's got me. He's got me today. He's got me tomorrow. He's got a future for me. I'm safe. Like, uh, um, the, there's different applications to this, but say you're a student. You know, you go to Ortega Middle School, you go to Alamosa High School, you go to Monta Vista High School or something like that, right? And you want to stand for Christ. Or you go to Adams State University, right? You want to stand for Christ and you go in there and you feel great pressure by your peers to drink or to drug, or, or to sleep around, or whatever. And, and you say, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and they start to persecute you. Hey, Bible thumper, what's going on? <laughs> they give you a hard time. They rip into you. And, and as a young person, you want to be accepted. You want to be loved. And it's so hard because, man, you want to be accepted. You want people to like you, and you want to have a good reputation. But as a Christian, right, you, you step back and say, I can't go there. And so you get persecuted, you get lied about, you get gossiped about. What do you do? Well, you understand that, hey, maybe for a season I'm going to be lonely. Maybe for a season I'm not going to have friends. Maybe for a season I'm going to have a reputation that I don't want. But I know ultimately God has me. And so I'm going to make new friends that, have, that share my worldview, that share my, my ways of thinking. I'm going to make new friends. I'm going to make new friends that really care about me, not fake friends like those people that are using me and abusing me for their own ends. I'm going to build new friends, new relationships. I know for a season I might be lonely, but I'm going to stand in Jesus Christ because I know in Jesus Christ, God Almighty is going to take care of me. He's going to meet my needs. And I'm going to trust Him with the end goal. I know I'm going to live by faith now, and I'm going to be rewarded in the future. You want the blessing of God more than you want the false friendship of wicked people. You want the blessing of God. You want the honor of God. You want the joy of the Lord in your life more than you want people using you and abusing you for their own reputations, for their own ends. You say yes to Jesus now and you trust. We live with a future faith. We believe that what's coming is so much better than it is now. So we live with this anticipation of a future that's going to be great and glorious. And God has us. So brothers and sisters, in the midst of evil, in the midst of persecution, remember that we are blessed and that we will be blessed by the Lord God Almighty Himself. We continue on with, with verse 14. The, the next... Uh, 
sentence there, have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Have no fear of them, do not be troubled, but honor Christ the Lord as holy. Set Him apart in your life. Sanctify Him in, his, in your life. Uh, <laughs> Okay, it, it, when you first read that, it's like, okay, have no fear. Like, say the government does pass a law that says, if you Christians keep living this way, you're going to jail. You know, that, you know it's hard not to fear that, especially if you got kids or you got, you know, a business where you have employees and you're worried about them. Like, just, just on a small level, like, when I see a letter from the IRS, I'm like, oh. You know, what I mean? even, it's a, even if it's a good letter, still, just the government, something, I get a little like, oh, that's a little stressful, right? Just no wondering what's in the envelope. And you've probably been there too. But what if the government says, hey, if you, if you keep saying this about certain people, we're going to put you in jail because it's hate speech. Uh, you know, what, what are you going to do? They've got the power. They've got the sword. How are you going to handle that? Right? Um, the word says, have no fear of them nor be troubled. Or, or maybe there's somebody that, that maybe on your block that, you know, they, you know they've, they've hurt people before. They beat up people. <laughs> they stabbed somebody, you know, and they're threatening you. And, and, and you're like, have no fear of them? Yeah, the word says, have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord. And what that's getting at, it, 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 who is your Jesus? Is, who is your Jesus? Is he small? Is he weak? Is he, is he powerless? No, he's the Lord of all. Who's in control of all things? The Lord Jesus. Who's almighty? Not the government, not the bully down the street. Jesus is. You could focus all your attention on that giant, so to speak. You could focus all your attention on that person, and like, oh, you can focus all your attention on the government and what they're going to do to you or, or the jail that you're going to go into. Or you could focus your attention where it should be, on God Almighty who has all power and all authority and all might. Okay? And I guess, I guess just to put it in a, in a familiar term is remember uh, Israel and Goliath, the Philistines, right? When the Philistines are out there and Goliath, the, this mighty, this mighty uh, uh, warrior, all, all the army, all the soldiers, all the accomplished soldiers, all the trained soldiers, all, all the ones that got their boxes checked off, yeah, he's sufficient, he's able, he's capable, right? They're looking at Goliath, and I'm not going out there. I'm not going to fight him. Did they ever ask God what he thought? Did they ever talk to God and say, God, what do you think? Or did they ever put their faith in God and their trust in God? They're putting them, their faith in trust in themselves. So none of them went out. And then the servant guy, you know, David, he goes out there, this, this young boy, he goes out there, and his eyes are on God. He set apart God as holy. He set apart God as righteous. He set apart God as all-powerful. And he says, if God is with me, who can be against me? If God is for me, so to speak, who can be against me? And so he went out and he killed the giant by faith. It's the same thing today. With us, if we're persecuted, if we're suffering, how do our brothers and sisters around the world survive? I mean, you look at China. How come the church continues to grow in the midst of suffering? How do those believers in Pakistan, you know, they're persecuted so, so terribly, or India, or Nigeria, or Mexico, how do they stand against discrimination and hatred and abuse? Or in the Philippines, 
You know, the different places you go, how do you stand against those things? Your eyes are on the Lord God Almighty who reigns in all power and authority. He is the Lord Jesus. We set Him apart as holy, as mighty, as strong. And you guys, if you can keep your eyes on Jesus, you will not fear the giants. You will not fear your persecutors, your haters, the people that gossip about you, the people that lie about you. You can stand strong. Jesus, again, had some words about this. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered. And he's speaking to his disciples who are maybe fearing persecution from their government, from the Pharisees or the Sanhedrin. Have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. So he's saying, preach it. Don't be shy. Don't be, don't be uh, hiding away, worried about what people think. Preach it. Say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. You see, once you start seeing who God is, that giant looks awful small. Once you start seeing the power and the majesty and the authority of the creator of heaven and earth, you realize that you have nothing to fear from those so-called powers upon the earth. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Man, God says, God says, Jesus says, I, I know when the sparrow's going to die. I've counted all the hairs in your head. I know more about you than you'll ever know about yourself. I love you. I've got you. Trust me with your life. I've commissioned you. I've sent you out. I've called you to the way of the cross. I've called you to live giving your life away. I've called you to live a righteous and holy life. Be good people. Don't steal. Don't rip off. Don't sin. Don't gossip. Don't hate. Right? All, the, all these things. These are not your callings. Don't live that way. Trust me. Live a righteous and holy life. And I've got you. I've got you. You're mine. You're safe. And that's, that's the message of that, that part in 1 Peter where it says, Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy. Set him apart as he's my God. He's so great. You've got you to train your mind to think about your, your theology, your right theology needs to move to your head, to your heart, and trust Him with your life and your holiness. Uh, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a, re a reason for the hope that is in you. It deal with gentleness and respect. Um, so so we, we reverence Christ. The, the, the fourth thing there, we, we reverence Christ. When persecution and suffering comes, we reverence Christ. And the fifth thing, we witness for Christ. We witness about Christ. You know, when trouble and suffering comes, we, we might cower in our boots. We might say, oh, I can't handle this. But look at it as an opportunity. When people take the time to hate us, when the people take the time persecute us because of our righteousness, sooner or later, if we keep walking in righteousness and truth and justice, sooner or later, if we keep walking in what's right, they're going to ask the question, man, what? You know, it'd be a lot easier if you just lied. It'd be a lot easier if you just became a thief. It'd be a lot easier if you were deceptive. It'd be a lot easier for you if you just went along with the program. Why do you have to stick out like a sore thumb and always have to do everything right? Why do you always have to be good people? 
You know, sooner or later, if you've been abused enough, you've been given the poor shifts at work because you're a Christian, if people, uh, you know, throw you through the mud enough, but you, you keep walking, sooner or later, they're going to ask you the question, why? What an opportunity to share the gospel. I walk this way, I live this way, I choose a righteous life, I choose a godly life because I believe that Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and on the third day he rose from the dead. He lives, he reigns, he's in power, he's in control of my life and he's in control of this world and I answer to him. He is the judge. I'm living before him. I'm living before an audience of one. I don't answer to you, I answer to the living God. And Jesus has changed my life. Jesus has saved me. I used to be into this and this and this and my life was ruined. When Jesus came and I gave my life to him, he changed me and now I'm living this way. And so I'm going to continue to live for him because he saved me. He bought me with his blood. He redeemed me. He reconciled me. He brought me to himself. I'm his. Any more questions? <laughs> right? I, you can do that. In fact, when trouble or evil comes, when hatred comes, Start looking for opportunities to tell why you're living righteous when they're living wicked. Tell them why you won't cheat on your wife. Tell them why you won't cheat on your husband. Tell them why you won't steal. Because of Jesus Christ. It's an opportunity to witness. So those, those, are, those are the first five, right? Uh, when trouble comes, you take care of one another. When trouble comes, you bless. When trouble comes... Uh, uh, when trouble comes, uh, you, <laughs> you remember you're blessed, <laughs> or you will be blessed. When trouble comes, you reverence Christ. When trouble comes, you witness for Christ. And, and moving down to verse 18, when trouble comes, you remember the righteous examples that have gone before you. You remember that you will see victory. You will see triumph. You will, see, you will be vindication, vindicated. The last one, number six, when trouble comes, remember you will be vindicated by God. Verse 18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And just pause there for a second. Do you see the progression there? Jesus died he suffered, he was righteous, but he suffered for the unrighteous. He, he, he was, he was uh, treated terribly. He was done evil. <laughs> he, evil was done to him. But at the end of the third day, at the, you know, the beginning of the third day, he rose from the dead. All his enemies thought he was in the ground. All, all, all of the mockers thought you know, they, they, they destroyed him. The, even, even, even the devil, we think, you know, was, was saying, yeah, I'm done with him. I defeated the Son of God. But on the third day, he rose from the dead. Everyone saw that what he taught was right. Everyone saw that what he said was true. Everyone, everyone saw on the third day, you know, when he start, word started getting around and he's alive, he was vindicated. Brothers and sisters, uh, it'll be the same in your life if you continue to stand against evil. You might have to go through weeks or months or even years of suffering for righteousness' sake. You might ha have to put up with a decade of, of a family member just continually reviling you and hating you. Or, or maybe, uh, you'll live, maybe someday we'll live in a country that is anti-Christian, is against Christians. You might have to live long-term in that. But sooner or later, if you continue in righteousness and holiness, <clears throat> uh, you will be shown for what is true. You will be vindicated. You will have triumph.
when you rise from the dead, when God says, well done, you did it. Well done, you kept the faith. Well done. They accused you of all these things. They said you couldn't do that. They said that you would be proven wrong and you weren't. We look to Jesus as our example. He suffered for righteousness' sake and He was vindicated. And we have another example in this text, Noah. Now let me start with verse 18 again. For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, the vindication, in which, okay, the Holy Spirit, in which Jesus in the Holy Spirit went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, when the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Whew! That's a rather dense text. And uh, the great reformer Martin Luther, as he studied this, he, he said, I don't know what Peter means. Okay? So I'm going to tell you what it means. No, just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm going to explain a little bit. But do you see what's going on there? He brings up Noah. <clears throat> Noah, in chapter Second uh, Peter, is called a preacher of righteousness. Okay? Noah preached for a long, long time. Remember in Genesis? Remember uh, as we read through those ages of the people and how they live for hundreds and hundreds of years? Okay? Uh, once, once we get to Genesis 6, if you remember the account, Noah's about 500 years old, you know, uh, he, he's, he's this old man already in a, in a sense, but, but at that same time the world was falling into great wickedness. Angels, fallen angels, the Nephilim, the, the man of the age, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of debate about uh, some of those terms. They fell into sin and, and God says it's time to judge the world. And he said there, I, uh, my spirit will not tarry with mankind for more than 120 years. And so we extrapolate from that, that, that uh, because at the same time, God called Noah to build an ark. So we extrapolate from that, that in that, those timelines, that it took Noah 120 years to build an ark. Okay, if we take that literally. And so, <clears throat> imagine being a preacher as you're building this ark over the decades. Hey, what are you doing? You're building an ark out here. There's no water here. I know God's going to judge the world. He's going to set a flood. Ha <laughs> ha, what a loser. What a, what, a, what a crackpot. What a fruitcake. Right? Imagine that. You, know, you could probably handle that for like six months or a year. What about year like 72 of that? Right? Hey, that crackpot, that Bible thumper, he thinks that God's going to send a flood. <laughs> what a loser. Imagine all those years Noah is preaching and he's saying, repent. God's going to judge this earth because of your sins. Repent, turn around. Turn towards the living God who made the heavens and the earth. Wouldn't that be a discouraging job if you preached for 120 years and you had no converts? That would be a tough job. And yet, he's held up in this text as a man of righteousness who was vindicated. <clears throat> because, the, verse 20, they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, 
that is, eight persons were brought safely through water. Just his family believed, and just his family was saved. And yet, in God's sight, he was successful. He was vindicated. The floodwaters, he was brought safely by the ark through the floodwaters. And all those people, as they were drowning, all those people that had rejected God, all those people in their graves, they had to say Noah was right. God brings this before us in his text to tell us as Jesus suffered and was mocked and was scorned and yet he continued on a righteous path, he was vindicated. So you, you continue on this righteous path even though you suffer, one day God will vindicate you. One day God will say, well done. One day God will rescue you. As Noah continued on that path year after year of righteousness and holiness, of doing what was just, doing what was holy, and he got scorned year after year, year after year, decade after decade. No one believed him. The scriptures lift him up as a man of God who did what was right. He was vindicated. And you guys, in your workplace, in your family, in your school, you keep living righteously. One day, God will vindicate you too. He will say, thank you for being my people. Well done. Come and enjoy your master's happiness. I hope that we do not face overt persecution or overt evil. There are some rumblings in our government, of course, that talk about outlawing certain things that we as Christians cannot abide by or stand by. If we have to say no to evil, remember, we do so righteously. We do so respectfully and honorably, just what we preached the last month. We don't live as the world live. We don't, we don't walk as the world does. We don't do evil as the world does. Uh, we, we, we don't go on Facebook and, and talk on Facebook or Instagram the way the world does. We always do things rightly in God's sight. But because we live rightly, we might have to suffer. And Peter's told us, if you suffer for righteousness' sake, keep going. Don't stop. Let God be your judge. Entrust yourself to your faithful Creator. Entrust yourself to the God who has His name written, your name written on the palm of His hand, who loves you and cares for you and will never let you go. Entrust yourself to Him and keep living righteously and see what He brings about. It's going to be good. In all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Would you please stand in the Lord's presence? Lord God Almighty, thank You for this group of people that you've brought to yourself. Lord God, as, as we prayed earlier, lead us to the cross. Lord, uh, we are tempted all the time to live in worldly ways. We're tempted all the time to live for ourselves and make this life about us. We repent of that again, Lord. We, we repent of that again and we say we know it's about you. It's about you, Jesus, and your glory. So, Lord, lead us to the cross. Change us. Help us. Uh, die to self, rid ourselves of, of self. 
Lord, let us choose to walk in your ways for your glory, your fame, your honor. Lord, anoint us with power. Holy Spirit, make us your people of praise and worship. <clears throat> we know that's the best way to live. We know that he who would live long life, a good life, enjoy life, is somebody that walks in your ways, your truth. <clears throat> Protect your church, Lord, I pray. Protect each soul in this room. Give them uh, peace. Give them the ability to work for their, for their living. Give them the ability to walk with their family and their, 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 their friends in holiness and truth. And you will get, Lord, all of our lives and our worship and our praise. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.